Hello and welcome back to Touching Base PR Edition. My name is Jamie and I'm still your host. On today's episode, I have an interview with Brittany Price, who is the president, founder, all that jazz of Be Seen PR, which is a really cool PR collective agency that does so much great work. And I'm so excited for you guys to hear about it because I love chatting with Brittany. We got to talk about so many different things. We talked a little bit about TikTok and pop culture at the beginning. And then we talked about running an agency and getting clients and working during COVID and all of that. So it's such a well-rounded episode and I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Before we get into it, let's talk about personal and professional highlights for the week. On a professional note, I actually had a job interview this week that I feel like went really well and then they actually emailed me about a follow-up interview and a writing test the day after. So I did the writing test today, so I'm really excited to share with you guys like in an upcoming episode like tips and tricks for writing tests and all of that and I have a really great guest who's going to come on and talk with you guys about that as well. So that's kind of my professional highlight. It just seems like an opportunity that might happen and work out. So it's nice to just like know that. On a personal note, Grey's Anatomy came back last week. And let me tell you guys, I'm loving this half of the season. Um, It's been a little bit sad if you watch, if you know, you know. But like, I'm so excited to have like Meredith and all of them back on my screen. And Joe, I love Joe. And also I heard Japril, well, Jackson's still there but April's coming back so I feel like there's going to be so many great things this half of the season and I'm really really excited for all of that so that is like my personal highlight just being excited about Grey's Anatomy before we get into this episode just one more thing make sure you're following Touching Base on Instagram at Touching Base underscore PR I'm working on a lot of new and exciting things coming like a newsletter and I have like a team of people that's going to be working on that with me so make sure you're following us on Instagram that way you guys like know when the newsletter comes out and how you can subscribe and all of that but all of that being said let's hop right into this interview with Brittany can you just go ahead and introduce yourself yeah my name is Brittany Price I'm the founder and uh, principal of Be Seen Public Relations we're a bi-coastal PR collective uh, specializing in lifestyle real estate, health and wellness brands. Awesome. So the first thing I always like to do is a little bit of a hot seat segment. So everyone can get to like, know you a little on like a more fun level. So the first question that I would love to know from you is, if you could choose an age to remain forever, what age would you pick and why? Oh my gosh, this is a total hot seat. Um, (laughs) Like this was not on the questionnaire, but it's a very good question. I would be the age I'm at now. Um, Don't get me wrong, 20s were amazing, kind of a hot mess, but amazing. Learned a lot, very fast. But I think at the age I'm at now, I'm 33, by the way. (laughs) And I I just, I love it. Um, I, you know, started my own agency um, before I was 30 and really did not know what I was doing. Some days, most days, I still don't know what I'm doing, but I'm faking it till I make it. Um, But yeah, I'm at this place where I'm senior enough to be in the strategy, but still love being in the weeds of the day-to-day of um, public relations. So I'm still pitching reporters. I'm still very hands-on with clients, but I'm also at the place in my business where I'm growing it and hiring. And um, gosh, I love this age. I just had a little girl. So I'm super excited about that. I'm like, that's weird. (laughs) Um, 
it's weird being a parent and then working, but um, I love, I love being 33. I love where I'm at right now. So that's a great question. That's so exciting. I feel like no one ever knows what, like, you never know what each age is going to bring. And like, it's like, I'm 21 right now. I'm about to turn 22. And it's like, I love this point in my life, but I also feel like I look at like, five years down the line when I'm hopefully like more established in my career and things like that like I feel like that's going to be the age to be and I just feel like it's always going to be like there's always more that's going to be coming oh absolutely and ever whatever age you're at like just embrace it I I had the habit of like being like in the falling into the trap of if then like if I have this job, then I'll be happier. If I have this type of client, then I'll be happy rather than like soaking up and like experiencing the joy of what is now. Um, and like, I'm always right where I'm supposed to be and learning exactly what I'm supposed to be learning at that moment. Um, and the 20, your twenties, it's like, it's fast, it's furious, it's exciting. You're learning, you know, you're learning so much. And then for me, at least in my thirties, I feel like I've just been refining those skill sets and refining. I feel like my twenties, was more like, I get to learn what I don't like. That was Mm -hmm. so valuable to me. It was like, okay, I don't like doing X or I don't like working like these kinds of hours or, you know, what have you. And so, gosh, man. Yeah. Right. When you're 21 turning 22, it's a sweet spot and it gets better. Oh my gosh. It gets so much better with age. (laughs) I'm very, I'm very excited to turn 22 because I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. So I'm very excited to spend my 22nd year of life just jamming to 22 on repeat. What an anthem to have too. Oh my gosh. Have you, wait, I'm sorry to digress, but like, have you listened to her latest? I have. How do you feel about it? I love them. And also I'm so proud that she won album of the year at the Grammys. I was so happy for her. What a big moment, especially given all the drama and the controversy with like her previous recordings. Like what Mm -hmm. a freaking day for Tay. It was crazy. Like her, everything she's doing is so crazy. And like now she's re-recording everything and like Mm -hmm. no one knows what's going to come next. Like I think so many people thought that she was just going to release them in like chronological order, but she's releasing Fearless first. And now people are trying to figure out what she's going to do next. And people are making all these hints. They're like, oh, based off her Grammy stuff, she's releasing Speak Now next. But based off the... This commercial just used wildest dreams in their thing. So she's going to do 1989 next. And like, no one knows what to expect from her. Can you imagine being her publicist and like dropping all these Easter eggs or like, or is it like a brilliant PR strategy or are we just like trying to figure it out? You know, you never know. With the, I, think I think it's a very brilliant strategy, but I don't know. Like, I feel like half the time people like come up with these Easter eggs on their own and then she just goes along with it. Oh, totally. Like they come up with like, she crowdsources the PR strategy. One day I want like a celebrity publicist to like come out from the woodwork and just like reveal their secrets of like what actually happened behind the scenes. And if it really like their Instagram was like really the place to be looking for those, those Easter eggs. The NDAs that those people must sign yeah insane like like they're definitely like airtight like if you reveal my secrets you will die (laughs) I know same with like assistants you know like assistants like can't reveal anything Mm -hmm. so the other hot seat segment question I have for you is what would you do if you won the lottery 
I actually think about this a lot, which is like, and I talk about it a lot with my partner. Um, wow. Okay. But how much are we talking here? Like, um, like, <laughs> like the big lottery. Okay. The big lottery. I'm like not like Powerball. Okay. Powerball. Okay. Like game changing life altering. Like game changing life altering money. Okay. For sure. Um, truthfully, I would probably still work because even when I was on maternity leave, I enjoy working so much. Like mm-hmm. talking to adults is like my thing, like talking to smart adults. Donate quite a bit of it. Um, Cause like, what do you even do with all that money? Oh, I heard the statistic that lottery winners actually commit suicide a lot. Oh, I've never heard that one. Yes. I was listening to a podcast called the, um, the happiness podcast. And it's like basically this Harvard, um, this Harvard professor did all this research and you think money equals happiness. Right. Mm -hmm. And so she interviewed a bunch of, um, multimillionaire lottery winners. And it turns out that actually after they win the the lottery, they're even less, they're less happy with what they have. That's Um, so interesting. Fascinating. Right. Because like in, again, the if then statement, when I have this much money, when I have this type of client, you know, when this happens, then I will be happy. And I think that's forever. Like the human thought, you know, we're always chasing something or at least Americans are, who knows Mm -hmm. about the Europeans. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I'd probably donate a significant amount of it. Um, and then I would, I mean, but of course I'm going to like buy a house forever, you know, Mm -hmm. like, for me, that looks like buying a house in the mountains, having one by the beach, um, setting up a college fund for, you know, kids. Like I, you know, had to pay my way through school. Um, mm-hmm. I worked, I worked so much, um, you know, like a lot of my girlfriends were like going away to Cancun for spring break. And I was working, you know, I was waiting tables. Um, like, so setting up a fund for, for college students, um, I'd probably donate to my university. Virginia Tech is where I went to school, go Hokies. Um, like I mentioned before we got on the call, it was mm-hmm. primarily um, an engineering and business school. And I was like the lone, you know, communications mm-hmm. um, person, but I had, the, Virginia Tech has amazing um, professors that really, really specialize in, in PR, um, like, I remember this one professor had us do like a actual, we had to like pitch a, um, a project. And, um, it was like my first like swing at pitching something. And it, mm-hmm. um, you you just learn so much with the hands-on practice you experience, you know, for, you can't learn this stuff out of a textbook. You can read about it for sure, but until you're doing it, it's like, it's just kind of theory. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah. Oh my gosh. I had all these answers about like what I would do with the game-changing money and I'm like I'm by a house I donate um but I love what you mentioned about that you would want to keep working I think that I am like the type of person like I'm such a go 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 like busy go getter kind of person and I don't understand people that just like don't want to do that like it just doesn't make sense to me I think a few weeks ago this I was talking to this guy on a dating app and he was like wait which one which dating app it was hinge Okay, perfect. Good to know. And I was like, oh, like, do you have a job? And he was like, no, I'm unemployed. And I was like, oh, like, cool. Like, but like, what do you want to do? Yeah. And he's like, oh, like, truthfully, like nothing. And I was like, <laughs> oh. And like, 
you know, that's like, the, that was like kind of the answer. Like I expected, like when I was talking to people, like when I'm, I was still in college, like yeah. I kind of expected people to be like, yeah, I don't know. But this kid was like 26 and was like, yeah, truthfully, I don't want to do anything. And I was like, I'm, you just want to sit around all day. <laughs> Okay, but the real question is, which way did you swipe after that answer? Um, after that, I stopped answering. <laughs> yeah, I totally feel you there. It's like, and I think to be in public relations, you really have to be driven. Um, mm-hmm. Like, you know, we're always, at least from my experience in other publicists that I've met, is like, we are go-getters, we are meet and greeters. I mean, we're cheerleaders, like therapists, like you name it. Like we wear so many hats. Um And I think if I had to say like one quality that we all have is like, we are super driven and like sitting still and sitting on our hands is just like not a thing we do, at least for me and and the Mm -hmm. other publicists that I've talked to or interacted with, but yeah. No, I a hundred percent agree. And it's, it's kind of like the career where you can't just sit back and do nothing. Like you have to be on your feet, like getting those media placements for your clients and getting them pitched and all of that. Like, it's not something you can just hope for the best. Oh, totally. No. Like I was gone for three months on maternity leave, like quote unquote gone. I do air quotes there. I come back. Um, Clubhouse is a thing. Okay, cool. Gen Z is, you know, warring on millennials over skinny jeans and middle parts. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm rocking a middle part right now. I think our listeners, but I'm trying. Um, And yeah, so much changes in like just three months. You know, like you really have to be on your toes in order to stay ahead a lot of PR is just staying ahead of trends or staying on top of trends and plugging stories into those trends. So yeah. I'm glad I think especially with TikTok trends come and go because everyone's for you page is carefully curated to them that like you could be seeing a trend and then your friends will have seen that trend two weeks ago. Absolutely. You have other friends who will see that trend in two weeks. Like there's no timeline on TikTok for when everyone's going to get on top of something. Oh, totally. But do tell me, like, which weird corners of TikTok are you on? Um, so I am currently on Young Mom TikTok. Oh, oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> I don't know how I ended up there. <laughs> but my entire For You page is Young Moms Dancing With Their Babies. <laughs> Um, and like, I'm not opposed. Oh, it's young moms and then pregnant moms. <laughs> so that's my entire for you page is them dancing. Like I literally, I was for so long. I was like, I don't know any TikTok dances like Charlie D'Amelio. Like who is she? Like she's nowhere on my for you page. And now I have all these dances and all of these songs like stuck because of the young moms doing them. Yes. 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 That is actually a solid corner of TikTok. I'm really glad that you are enjoying that. <laughs> It's, it's very interesting. Oh, yes. Mommy wars are crazy. And then all the moms started mom groups. Yep. Yes. And now one of the groups, the big one just broke up. Oh, no. I was invested in like lives. Like they were all live streaming to tell their stories. And I was so (laughs) invested. (laughs) It's unreal. I recently found myself on witch TikTok, like witchy TikTok. Mm Mm-hmm not a witch. And then also, um, I'm also on young mom's TikTok. I wonder if we follow some of the same people. I'll have to send you some after this <laughs> solid corner of TikTok. I don't get a lot of the dances yet. Um, well, I've been on it for a while. Ha- wait, my question is too, is have you gotten to 
I call it the end of TikTok where TikTok like literally flags your account and they like serve you a, Hey, maybe you should go to bed. Like yes. take a break. And you're like, Oh wow. It's like the equivalent of the Netflix. Like, are you still there? <laughs> I literally, I feel like I don't have an attention span anymore because of TikTok. No. It's like, I'll be like, my friends are like, Oh, like, let's watch a show on Netflix and we'll, we'll do like a Netflix party. And like, while we're watching that show on Netflix, I also have like TikTok going. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm watching it with sound. So I'm clearly not paying attention to like what is going on. Mm-hmm. Really, I mean, they started doing like closed captioning or whatever, but it's like only real. it's just so good for content. It's just the best. It is because it's, I feel like it's the quickest way to get your message across. Oh, absolutely. And I appreciate how democratic it is. Right. So like any content creator can go on there. It doesn't matter who you are, what you look like, what you do. It doesn't need to be super filtered. Actually, it's better if it's not filtered. It's better if it's like a hot mess, like a train wreck. Um, and it gets, you know, boosted to the For You page. Um, so you just got to find your niche on it. I love it. And like people never know like when their things are going to go viral. Like you never know. And like my favorite thing is like seeing like when things end up in like the wrong people's hands. So like you watch people like go on vacation and then the next thing you know, you look in the comments and every single comment is like, how dare you travel during a pandemic? And then there's all these people that are like, I'm so sorry that your TikTok ended up in these people's hands. Like you just never know with TikTok. I know. And now you have like all, I mean, we talk about like all these like celebrities on TikTok. I'm like not super schooled up on that. Like I am following like the new moms and you know, things of that mm-hmm. nature. They started these like TikTok houses, right? Where they like go mm-hmm. in, all the content creators go in and they, they have these homes, but there's also a lot of drama there. I feel like celebrity. Yeah. Also, like who's dating who in the TikTok world? Oh, love it. Eat it up. I heard a rumor that Addison was pregnant. Oh my gosh. But Where also did- that he's still cheating on her. Oh, so like, I don't know. Who's the source on this? Is it Perez or something? Who's like, I don't know. I honestly, like, I think I saw it on TikTok. Okay. Okay, So you've got some celebrity gossip on there. Oh, I haven't gotten celebrity gossip yet. I need to find that corner. Well, also I've just recently made it to, um, John Mayer just made a TikTok account. Oh my gosh. And all the Taylor Swift fans found his TikTok. So like they're all duetting him with like and like using dear john as the sound and it's hilarious oh my gosh i need to look those up poor john oh that guy oh, that poor guy actually i don't really feel bad for him he's he's yeah yeah anyway now moving more into the pr communications questions yeah. um we talked a little bit about virginia tech already but why did you choose Virginia Tech? Like, why did you choose such a big engineering school if you knew you were going to do PR? Oh my gosh. Okay. So when I went to school, this was back when Grey's Anatomy was like a big thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, is it still a big thing? I don't know. Um, so I thought I wanted to be a surgeon at one point and was like, oh, I'll just go and like major and science, I guess. <laughs> I, I don't know. But I, I really was like, between I either like knew I wanted to be a publicist or I wanted to be a surgeon and so I was like okay I also was like needed to go to an in-state school I took a year off school after high school worked I really thought I was going to move out to LA and become like a backup dancer or something Mm -hmm. that didn't take off (sighs) weird and so I went to school and was like okay I'm gonna pick either 
moving into the sciences or um, going into public relations. Um, and I ended up, I looked at like the prerequisites for, I think like pre-med and like, I think chemistry was on there. And I was like, I'm good, thank you. And so <laughs> I really got steered into communications and I happened to be really good at it. Um, I actually double majored in political science and communications. I thought I wanted to be like a political fundraiser at one point, like, thank goodness no. Um, <laughs> that all gets very hashtag dark very quickly. Um, so I ended up um, yeah, majoring in public relations. Um, I was very grateful that my school actually had a specialty for that, albeit it was very small. Um, so you'd see like the same kids in your, in every single class that you were in. Um, I was also really grateful we had like an eight, like an actually dedicated AP style class, like a media writing class, which is so important. If you have an opportunity to get your hands on any writing for media classes, that would be like, you know, I still struggle with it today. I'm like looking at my AP style book right here and it's like my little PR mm -hmm. Bible um, because um, the way meteorites, it's very specific if you don't know, um, and being able to write in their style and their format is super important, especially when you're going to pitch stories or write contributed um, articles for your clients. Um, so yeah, I went to Virginia Tech um, and graduated, and um, I was graduated in a time that uh, there was not a lot of job opportunities. It was in the middle of the um, big economic recession of like 2008 until like 2011. I graduated in 2011 and I went, moved to um, Washington, DC and um, started at a job with an event planning company actually, which is, you know, events are part of public relations. Mm -hmm. It's like one arm of it, one aspect of it. Um, we were planning um, high profile fundraisers and donor, um, uh, donor galas and, and fundraisers of that nature. I did inaugural ball. That was, that was pretty rad. Um, we did the black tie and boots, um, inaugural ball in 2013 when Obama got elected. Um, I will say the event world is like mad props to event planners. Um, especially at that caliber, it is like one of the hardest things you do in public relations mm -hmm. is event planning. And I was not cut out for it. Let me tell you. <laughs> You work long, long, long hours. Um, you know, you get to see the fruit of it in having this like beautiful um, full scale event, but um, it is super not easy. And I really wanted to get back to the writing um, and the pitching and the networking and, and all that goes into um, the earned media side of, of public relations. Well, I love hearing uh, from people that graduated during that recession period, because I think it's very similar to what we're going through right now as recent graduates it's very difficult obviously to find a job right now yeah. and so I think that I know especially for me like I just keep kind of thinking back to like we've been in recessions before like there will be jobs eventually so I love hearing from people that have been on like that other side of it and then ended up on top <laughs> Oh, absolutely. And I would say it's even worse now than it was back then. I mean, like people that are trying to find a job right now, like my heart goes out to you. Like this is not an easy time in our, in our history. Um, I think we're going to look back on this and in hindsight is always 2020. Like, I don't even think we know the magnitude of how bad it is right mm -hmm. now. Um, that's not to say that there's not hope in this. Um, I think the way the media landscape is shifting and the way jobs are going more remote, I think there's going to be 
plenty of opportunity, but yeah, I was interviewing for a job. I started interviewing for jobs, I think like summer going into my senior year. And I, I had so many interviews, like did great in interviewing, but like getting to that last step, I, I like got, I got flown up to New York. I flew to like Wisconsin and would always get to these like last stages of the interviews and just like not make it. And it was heartbreaking, absolutely mm-hmm. heartbreaking because, you know, you get your, your heart set on getting these jobs and, and nobody in my class was getting, I mean, we're all taking unpaid internships, like after graduating. And that was just like part of the equation. Um, and now I'm so grateful that folks are like now starting to pay their interns because it is, you're often doing like very thankless jobs as an intern, you know, calling media lists, mm-hmm. picking up the phone, you know, writing media alerts. Um, you're, you're in the trenches with it. So um, yeah, not easy. Um, I will say there's light at the end of the tunnel. I'm excited to see that the freelance world is exploding right now. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is great for communications professionals, um, not only in-house at media, like, you know, publications are now shrinking down their staff, but now hiring more freelancers, which is great because you go to pitch one freelancer and they might write for Condé Nast Traveler. You don't get the story there, but perhaps Vogue is, is picking up their story. Um, so there's interesting opportunities there, but I think um, companies are, are looking for to uh, outsource help um, but they're looking for, for freelancers right now. So there's interesting opportunities. Yeah. There. I think there's a, like a lot of like project-based work right now. Yep. Um, and even that is so great, like, cause it is just a portfolio builder and it's also like, you're not mm-hmm. locked in. If you hate the, what you're doing, it's, you're not locked in forever. Totally. And you get to learn, like I mentioned earlier, you get to learn what you don't like. And then like slowly, but surely like narrow in on that focus. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I stayed in a job, an events job for over a year because, you know, like that's, that was paying the bills, um, you know, and, and that was an amazing job. I worked for women that like really groomed me. I had amazing um, mentors and support and it, but yeah, man, that freelancer world, like you can actually pick and choose like, okay, let's try this or let's try that and absolutely build your portfolio, um, right. which is huge, especially if you're just graduating right now. Right. So now walk me through um, leaving that event planning job and Mm -hmm. then to the point where you eventually decided like, yes, I want to go ahead and start my own business. Wow. How much time I've got? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Um, yeah. So I worked at the event planning agency, um, out of DC and then I moved on to digital was just starting to take off. Like I mentioned, I'm like super dating myself, but digital social media was just starting to take off. Um, and I don't know, as a communications professional, you have these spidey senses of like, what's like, what's going to start trending and social media was like a big thing in marketing. Um, and this was back in the days where you could post something on Facebook and it could go viral, you know, without actually putting money behind it or spending anything Mm -hmm. on it. So I, um, got plugged into an ad agency in Washington, DC. It was called Deluki plus. It was an amazing, fast growing, um, advertising digital marketing agency and I became um like basically like a social media strategist back when like what does that word even mean um and so I got to touch a lot of um different uh lifestyle and real estate accounts um it was super fast paced you're working on like anywhere from five to seven accounts at any given time um and I was actually situated under the public relations team um, which is really where I wanted to be 
And um, I actually stayed with that agency for almost six years, which is in agency world, a lifetime mm-hmm. to be at any job um, or any agency. Oftentimes um, in that world, you typically spend anywhere from like a year and a half to two years and then move on to a different agency. It's just like the nature of the beast. Mm-hmm. And um, But like I mentioned, I had women and women in leadership roles that were grooming me, um, that mentored me, that championed me. And, um, they grew my, my responsibilities. They grew me financially. They grew me into, um, I was an account manager, a senior account manager, and then eventually the director of public relations where I was overseeing a team of about anywhere from like five to seven publicists and a million dollar portfolio of public relations work. Mm -hmm. And that included Everything from Sassoon Salon, um, which was my big um, beauty client, Mamont Vodka. We did Girl Scout cookies. Like we got to touch all the sexy lifestyle accounts. Um, we got to go to New York Fashion Week every season and be behind the scenes with the editors, um, doing the beauty and the runway. Um, and that was a super rad like PR dream when you're mm-hmm. like, you know, it was like dreams come true. It was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Um, you know, you're working a lot. You're working long hours. Um, but I was like in beauty PR and that was like super sexy and awesome and, and fast. And, and I got to a place where um, I had the opportunity to continue to grow at this agency. Um, you know, life, life happens. And I actually met my, my husband now. And um, I had a couple um, freelance clients come to me and they were like, Hey, we could use some help like on the side. And they didn't have like really big, crazy budgets or anything, but I was like, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll like help out. And um I helped uh, actually one of my clients now, Ulika, which is hand sanitizer. I started doing PR for them, like literally on my couch at like midnight, like typing mm-hmm. away and like pitching people. And then I had another potential client come in. Um, and then, uh, you know, my partner was traveling a bunch and he's like, you know, Britt, you're not able to, to really like enjoy life. Like, would you want to do this freelance thing full time and, and, and see what happens? And I was like, Oh, I don't know. That's like a huge risk, like mm-hmm. leaving your stable, you know, agency job that you've had forever. And so we talked about it and I, I did the math on the money and had just, just enough of a couple retainers to like cover the, the mortgage every month. And so, um, I took that leap and left my agency job. Um, I actually still work with that agency all the time and I love them dearly. Um, but took on like I was a full-time freelancer and then built my website on my couch, like watching Grey's Anatomy in the background, like maybe this will work, who knows? And um, over the last three years, um, I've been so fortunate that it's grown significantly. You know, we went from having two clients to now having a national portfolio of lifestyle real estate clients. Um, We have a full team now that works coast to coast. We hit every major media market, and represent, you know, multi-billion dollar brands, which is like unheard of um, for an agency of our size. So we like to call ourselves the anti-agency. Um, you know, we are a boutique, um, you know, there's three of us right now and, and we, we were the big guns for most of these awesome brands that we work for. So it's been a wild story, wild, wild ride. I think that starting an agency is obviously really scary, like you said, because mm-hmm. you don't know what's going to happen with it. And you don't know like where you're going to get clients from, but do you think you found like the most clients just through like networking and like word of mouth? Is that how you Mm -hmm. find most of your clients? Yeah, that's such a great question. Um, 
again, I'm super fortunate. And what I have found is that good work begets good work, right? Like 95% of our clients are word of mouth. Um, you know, we, we don't advertise at all. I've been fortunate that I don't have to advertise at this point. Um, we haven't really done a lot of like cold outreach for, for new business. Um, but yeah, I would say that our work speaks volumes and oftentimes our clients are referring us to colleagues or, you know, a client will move to another company and then take us with them. So that's been really super rad that, you know, we've been tasked with that. I've had like CEOs leave companies and then like new CEOs come in and they keep us, which is awesome. Um, Cause we just, we, we really pride ourselves on our results and actually like our relationships with these folks. Mm-hmm. Like, um, agencies get a really bad rap. Um, you know, there's a lot of like bad players out there, um, which is unfortunate, but, um, I think relationships, not only with your clients, but with the media is so important these days. Yeah, definitely. So what do you think makes your agency unique? Why do you think you stand out? You're asking me to PR myself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, cause we're cool. Um, Yeah, I'm actually, I'm undergoing a pretty um, significant rebrand right now. And I'm having to think about that. You know, that's like a tough question. It's Mm -hmm. like, and you probably have to think about that as like a new graduate, like what differentiates me from the rest of my competition. So yeah, with my own agency, you know, I'd have to say we are very specialized. We're very niche. You know, I'm not everything to everybody. Um, and that's something I've had to like come to come to terms with, you know, at one point I was like trying to bring on finance clients and I'm like, I have no business pitching finance or tech news. Like, that's just not what I'm good at. Mm-hmm. I'm not everything to everybody. So we've um, actually niched down quite, quite a bit. We really service only personal care and real estate clients. Those are the two sides of our portfolios. And we're really, really good at it. Our results speak volumes of that. We can pick up the phone and and talk to editors and make stuff happen. Um, And we shoot straight with our clients, you know, like we're not afraid to say, hey, that's a great idea. You know, right now, editors are not looking for that. Um, You get a lot of like, yes, men and women in our age, not in our agency, but in our industry of like, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, sure, we'll get that done. And it's like, kind of like, okay, let's think about this strategically. Like, what does this actually mean for your business? Yeah. So I think that's the great thing about agency life is that it can be specialized and it can be very niche. So like starting out as a new grad, like agencies are good places to do that because you're able to find out what you want to do and what you don't want to do. Yep. And so I think that number one, if people don't know what they're doing, if they don't know what they want to do, like an agency is a good place to start. But what is something else that you would recommend that um, people in college or recent grads do? Like, what would you tell them? Mm. Like if I could go back and tell my younger self something, <laughs> hold on to your butt. No, <laughs> um, I would say, yeah, agency life is great because you get to try a lot of different things um, and you get to learn how to like multitask, you know, how to prioritize things. I would also say, get your hands on as much writing as possible. Like offer yourself up to write as much as possible. Um, we do a lot of ghost writing for our clients. And I know most agencies do that as well. Um, 
we do a lot of like spokesperson training, but write as much as possible, write in different voices, um, be technical, be lifestyle, you know, any, any writing that you can get your hands on, um, that, and that's also your first entry into interviewing, right? Like I don't, I'll look at, I'll like glaze over your resume, but I'm looking at your writing samples. Like, can you write a coherent email to a client? Can you write a coherent pitch? Um, really that's your first introduction to any recruiters or agency HR people that are hiring. It's just like nail the writing and like, that's half, that's half the battle right there. Yeah. So that moves into my next question, which is as someone who owns your PR agency, what do you look for when you're hiring? What is like the skills that you're looking for? Solid AP, AP writing style. Also too, um, my recruitment style, I actually create an assignment. Um, like, and it's nothing like crazy. It's like, yes, send me a press release. That's cool. But I also want to see your thinking, um, and your strategy. So in this assignment, it's like, we've got X brand and they're getting ready to launch on this date. And here's like the target audience. Like what are, what is your strategy behind like launching this product or this community, right? Like what does your thinking look like? Um, so that's what I'm really interested in because it doesn't matter what the product or the community or the services that we're pitching, but like, can you think on your feet um, in a limited time? And can you quickly um, communicate um, a message within limited space. So I'll give them like, okay, you only have like 250 words to actually like write this press release, like go. So thinking quickly, being strategic, um, and then obviously being like super accurate and buttoned up as it relates to AP writing style. Mm -hmm. Having that not so typical recruitment process where it's like, send me a resume, send me a cover letter, like having that not so typical process kind of helps you figure out like if that person would actually be a good fit for your agency. And I think that more places should be doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, anybody can like have a professional writer write their resume, right? But like, and that looks awesome on paper. Um, but it's like, how, like, tell me a little bit about your thinking. And then also like, are you a decent human? You know, like, I love the questions that you asked at the beginning of this. It's like, you know, like we, oftentimes you work really closely, you know, at least in agency life, you work very closely with mm -hmm. your colleagues and with your, you know, your boss, or your manager. So it's like, you kind of want to be like stepping side by side with somebody that's like just a decent human and like a good communicator. And um, yeah, I'm curious to see how that looks like with COVID and you know, everyone working remotely, like what that looks like. So. Yeah. So that was kind of my next question is like, what does being a business owner look like during COVID? What does, what did a day-to-day -day look like beforehand? And now kind of what does it look like now? How has it adapted? Yeah. Well, we were all, we've always been a remote agency. Um, like I've always, I've been fortunate that like, if you have a laptop and Wi-Fi, you can work. And that's how mm -hmm. I, I, what I tell my employees as well, my teammates, I'm like, I don't care if you're working in Japan this week, you know, as long as like you have Wi-Fi and you're available, um, we can even work within across time zones. Most of our clients are actually in very different time zones mm -hmm. than where I'm at now. Um, and so COVID hasn't really changed um, our operations. What has changed is what clients are asking for. So before it was like they're looking for, for launching um, products and, and and doing press releases and uh, media tours and of that nature. Uh, after COVID, we had a lot of crisis communications. 
Um, uh, you know, we actually represent a lot of um, real estate communities. And what do you do when your home is now your workplace and your workplace is now your home? Um, mm-hmm. so a lot of like, and not that the clients were dealing with crisis, but like, how do you communicate effectively to residents? How do you communicate effectively to stakeholders and investors? Mm-hmm. Um, so the service offerings have changed dramatically. Um, but our, our day-to-day operations, I mean, we've been doing this for years now, so, which is great. You know, we didn't have any issues of like getting online and, and mm-hmm. doing Zoom. You know, we've been doing this forever. Yeah. And I think that's so interesting in itself is that like when everyone switched to remote and like no one really knew what to do, it was like you already had that done. Like there was no discrepancy in what your clients were getting out of you guys because you had already been doing that, which I think is so great. Absolutely. And then I think you had a second part of your question and I spaced, so (laughs) I can't remember what it was. Um, Just kind of what does a day-to-day look like for you? Oh my gosh. And you probably hear this from like everybody. I know every day is different. (laughs) Different. I'll tell you what I did today. I woke up, um, I normally check email first, make sure nothing's on fire. We don't have like crazy clients that things are on fire normally, but you just like want to be sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I normally check social media to make sure like, like what's going on. That actually is where like I get most of my news myself. Um, and then what did I have to do today? I meet with my teams internally um, on Mondays. Mondays is like where we kick off. We learn, you know, talk about what's going on for the week. Um, we have like a format for it. It's like, hot highlight and help like where what's hot this week for our clients what's hot in the media what's hot in the news um what are like some wins that we've experienced and then like where do we need help and you know one of my teammates um we're pitching what are we pitching right now um we're pitching a there's a new exhibit in chicago um that we're pitching and she is having trouble getting traction with some of the local broadcasts so uh, i I was like, hey, let me take a look at your pitch. Let's rejuge it and um, see if we can get some more traction on that. You know, start looking ahead of like editorial calendars. Um, And then what else did I do? Oh, I got a new product from a client she sent me. So I need to try this, probably do some shoots with that. I got on a client call. Um, I didn't really talk on that client call because I've got a team that like just handles their stuff. And then what am I going to do this afternoon? I'm talking to you. Um, and then I'm probably gonna do some invoicing. I don't know. That's kind of boring. Invoicing is boring, but yeah. (laughs) So you do a little bit of everything every day. I love what you mentioned about your team meetings with the hot highlights and help. I think that that's so awesome that it's such a collaborative environment and that you guys have the ability to connect with each other and then to help each other out and get, do the best for your clients because you guys are so collaborative. Oh, absolutely. And something I pride myself on is like, my title might be like founder and CEO, but like, I have no problem like getting into the weeds and pitching, you know, like I have no problem like, like writing copy. Like I know oftentimes in agency, big agency world, like, you know, that might be beneath a CEO or something like that. But um, I think part of why I want to start this agency is because like, I still love public relations. I Mm -hmm. still love talking to media. Like, any opportunity I get to like help facilitate that and like have a client win and then have a team member, like have a client win, like, heck yes. Like, let's do it. Yeah. Well, I have one more final question for you. 
And it is thinking back about everything you've done, your whole college career path, all of that. If there's anything that you could do differently, would, is there anything you would change? Oh, anything I would change? I think my perception, I think is what I would change. I wouldn't change anything in my career. I think I, I've been so fortunate to like have the opportunity to learn and really be on the front lines in public relations. Um, I think I would change is my perception. Like when I made mistakes, like not to beat myself up so much over mm-hmm. it, you know, like I don't need to flog myself. I don't need to like, you know, it's like make a mistake, move on, pick yourself up and keep going. You know, if I spent so much time just like feeling bad um, or feeling guilty and, and business is business, you know, like a lot of the mistakes I made didn't like make or break my clients. You know, we didn't lose stories because of it. You know, I'm, i still have typos and emails, like, come on, like, you know, it happens. We're human. I think the business of communication is really messy. Humans are really messy. And like, the more I can accept that, the better off I am. I absolutely love that. I think that mindset is so important to getting anything done and to just staying like positive and being generally happy. Like I think mindset is so important. So I absolutely love that you bring up that you would want to change your perception. Absolutely. And I I don't know, as women, I think we just, I'm not going to speak for all women. Maybe men do it too. I don't know. Not a man. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. Yes. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your story. I absolutely loved hearing from you and I'm so excited for everyone to hear this.